views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. What a great show we've got planned for you. I love it when Glenna Rice is in the house. Um, You know, one of the most profound things that I've learned um, in the past couple of years is uh, is understanding about the world of possibilities and how that world can manifest through questions. And, you know, what is it about ourselves that continues to try to solve the problem at the level of the problem? Uh, You know, each and every one of us gets to look at our lives in many, many different ways. But, you know, today is it's really about looking at our lives by asking questions, questions that could be as simple as what else is possible here or a little bit more complicated. And that's why Glenna Rice is joining us here today. What are three things great parents do differently? What are three things great parents do differently? You know, most parents want the best for their children. You know, what can you do as a parent that will contribute to creating more ease for you and empower your children to be greater. I mean, isn't this really the question for us? You know, Glenna um, is someone travels all over the world. She has an ongoing monthly telecall, questionable conversations with Glenna Rice, and you'll find out why in a minute. You know, she does events and classes on whether or not we can clearly understand our body, the messages in it. You know, she teaches the access bars, uh, which is a foundation and level one. And that is going to be happening in Seattle. We've got some cool things happening in Seattle in December and January. We're going to hear about that. You know, as a uh, access consciousness facilitator, it's not just traveling the world. But it's also traveling the world and watching a level of awakening that happens within each of the people that she gets to work with and help. And that has been so important for me. One of the most significant questions I've learned in my lifetime is asking the question, especially when I'm in the middle of a big conundrum, whether it's with a child, whether it's with a parent, whether it's with the radio show, whether it's with a producer, is what else is possible here, baby? I I added the baby. Glenna, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here, Glenna. Hi, Dr. Pat. Thanks for having me on. Always well, so fun. The show is always so wonderful. Well, look at 
you couldn't have planned this any better. You actually had a real live event happen here in the show, right? And we you know, I don't know yeah. if we're going to talk about it or not, but I'm saying, isn't it interesting what shows up? Um, so three things, great. I wanted you to comment before we even jump into this. I'm, I touched upon the idea of living in the question, but I, I would love for, for the many, many people now, you know, that probably have not heard you on the show, you know, because we have a new syndication. I want us to stop for a minute and talk about access consciousness, what you do, you know, and how this works. Because when I say Glenna has an ongoing monthly telecast, questionable conversations, there may be many people that don't know what that is. And I would love for you to talk about this for a minute. Okay, cool, cool. Um, well, access consciousness is um, a body of work, you know, it, it's uh, work that allows you to be you. And it's designed, there's a whole bunch of questions, tools, processes, and ways you can start accessing, which is why it's got this really cool name, Access, ask, accessing you. And it's pragmatic tools, easy tools, sometimes they're so easy they don't make sense to people. And part of it is being willing to be a question all the time with things that aren't working for you and change it. And being a question with you so you can start to um, become more aware of who you are. So you ask a question, you're not looking for answers, you're looking for possibilities or you're looking for doors to open that you can crack through and start creating changes. You're looking for awareness is what you are really, the questions you're giving you is more awareness about everything. And when you have more awareness about you and about everything going on in your life, then you really have choice to choose the things that are working for you, get rid of the things that aren't working for you. So my, my monthly telecall is Questionable Conversations and it, it's a conversation with the participants on different topics, often about the body, uh, that where we start to look at the things that aren't working for us and how to change them and we do clearing statements and other tools from access are all in part of it it's an amazing amazing call i have so much fun with it and the participants the way they contribute because everybody's contributing what they know because it's really access is about empowering you to know that you know and to be yeah. who you are yeah I, I really wanted to talk about this you know before we jump right into the conversation because I, I have to tell you, I mean, I, I, I'm not an expert at this, but I've learned a few things along the way, thanks to you and Gary uh, and mm -hmm. Access Consciousness. And one of the things that I've learned, and I would love for you to talk about this, is all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of what could be a potentially disastrous day, right? Mm -hmm. And how do I know that? Because I know what they're like. But then I, then I remember, right? Then I remember, and I don't really have your toolbox, so I have a couple of go-to things. And today we're going to give people more tools. But then I go to, wait a minute, Pat, what else is possible here? And and then you have guided me to also uh, enable myself to ask that every ten seconds. Can you tell me about that? Because the thing that I was always struck by is, wait a minute, once we get a level of awareness, that's it, we're good to go. But if I ask in this moment, what else is possible here? How does this process of exploration through the question enable me to build upon awakening and awareness? Hmm, that's a good question. Boom. Really, so, yeah, <laughs> that's a really easy one. Let me just tackle that one. Um, what, <laughs> so there's infinite possibilities 
all the time. So you can always have more possibilities. There's not, you know, it's not something that ends. You don't just become aware and awakened and everything stops. Now you're aware and you're awakened. But, and there's, and you're creating your life and you're being and doing and generating things all the time. And this reality is pretty funky. You know, our relationships are funky. Our families are funky. Our jobs are funky. There's weird stuff going on. There's stuff that like stops us in our tracks all the time. And these tools allow you to not be stopped in your tracks. What else is possible is always available for everything that shows up. There's always another possibility. And we have so many fixed points of views and we buy into other people's points of views and we're worried about what other people think and we have judgments about stuff and all of that stops us from seeing what's actually true or seeing what's there and what's possible because judgments and decisions and conclusions and fixed points of views don't allow you to access awareness because you can't see anything that doesn't match your point of view. So even the most enlightened of beings have things that show up in their world that probably stop them in the tracks. They have a fixed point of view or they get someone else's point of view and they don't even know if it's theirs or not. And these tools allow you to open, you know, get rid of those things you can start seeing what works. So what else is possible gives you access to the infinite possibilities. And if you're also asking the other great question is how does it get better than this, which is another amazing tool of access, then you're always looking for what's better more and creating more in your life. That's not something people rarely, you know, that's something people don't do often is look for what's greater. We tend to get stuck and fixated on the stuff that's not working. You know, let's talk about enlightened beings for a minute. And and I, I'm referring to parents, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm referring to parents because, you know, what are three things great parents do differently? Uh, and, you know, it, it, we really do believe at some level that parents are supposed to be the pillar of perfection, uh, perhaps enlightened. And, and, and then, you know, we turn around with not only a high expectation, but the ability to disappoint. Um, and I, I'm kind of wrapping that together because, you know, three things great parents do differently. The first question would be, my gosh, are there even any great parents? Uh, and and so there, it's that journey, right, that we go down to figure out, you know, what does that mean to even be a great parent? But how does how does one get to really understanding what a great parent even looks like, Glenna? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And what's an enlightened enlightened being? You know, what's a great parent? What's an enlightened being? I actually couldn't I couldn't tell you what an enlightened enlightened being is. I just throw the word out. It's got a lot of judgment attached to it. Um, great parents, what do they do? Well, there's ways of being a parent that empower your children, and you don't stop your life at the same time, and you are able to, you know, acknowledge your children's abilities and capacities and be an energy that facilitates that for them and not some, an energy that stops what's possible for them. And a great parent is someone who's able to be aware of their children, be aware of their life, not stop their life, and be there for where, you know, what their children require, when they require it, not give them more than they re- require, and also just willing to be the kind of parent that works for them and their family. Not, a, not the parent you're supposed to be, but the parent that works for you, which is a really different thing. You know, what society and cultures tell us all the time about what a parent should be changes. You know, you're supposed to spare the rod, spoil the child back 100 years ago, and now if you even, you know, are angry with your children in public, you're considered a bad parent. So it's always changing. So a great parent for me is someone that empowers their children to be greater and also is doing that for themselves. Yeah, and this is really, you know, this today's conversation is a conversation, you know, that each of us can have about 
not just understanding what great parents do, but what do they do that's, you know, what do they do differently? You know, what does this really mean? Some of these things that Glenna just pointed out. And then the question is, how do we move towards that? How do we strive towards that? You know, we're going to take a short break when we come back. It's a very big conversation. I want to make sure all of you know, this is, if you've got something going on out there, if you want to get some information, phone lines are open. 1-800-930-2819. If you'd like to ask a question, you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. Right on that page, type in your question and those questions will come up and we'll be able to get them on air. You know, when we come back, you know, what does empowered mean? And would we ever, ever give up control to enable our children to become empowered? That's all from Glenna Rice today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Guess it's true, I'm not good at a one-night stand But I still need love cause I'm just... Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. Anxiety can attack or creep up on us at the most inopportune moments, which makes us feel powerless and out of control. However, anxiety is a basic feeling that is created by our mind. Understanding some do's and don'ts about anxiety is a first step to demystify this emotion and regain control. The more we know about a challenge, the more we can find ways to overcome it. Let the transition begin. Tune in to the hit show, Majestic Insights Radio, Success for Life's Transitions, with host Carrie Keith. Carrie is a gifted intuitive coach, healer, and teacher who will lead you through her empowering techniques of ancient wisdom and awareness so you can live your happiest, healthiest, and most vibrant life. Let Carrie teach you the tools of transformation that will help you experience success for all of life's transitions. To learn more about Carrie, visit www.majesticinsights.com. Are you ready to thread your life with intuition? Intuit Apparel can help you do just that. This is not just about a piece of clothing. This is about a movement, an awakening, and staying centered in life. Your life. Intuitive and host of the radio show, Get Into It, Lynn Brown, was given this image with the intention of a clothing line designed to represent the essence of life itself. Visit IntuitApparel.com now and wear your intuition with pride. Hi, I'm Tim Darter. And I'm Steve Kramer. Join us on Spirit Fire Radio. Discover how to add the mechanics of meditation to your day. And watch yourself connect in a whole new way. Find the amazing moments in life's routines that often pass us by. Add to your awareness with Spirit Fire Radio. Tune in each Wednesday at 9 a.m. for your weekly guide to practical mindfulness. And to learn more, visit www.spiritfireradio.com. seeking a more deeply connected and fulfilling life? Do you often find yourself feeling overwhelmed, overworked, or exhausted? Are you ready to embrace a life filled with more love, connection, and joy? Best of the month list and five-star rated on Amazon, Conscious Being by author TJ Woodward will awaken you to your true nature. To learn more about how to get your copy of Conscious Being, visit ConsciousBeingBook.com today. Self-control 
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Glenna Rice is in the house. And, you know, for those of you out there, just go to our website, glennarice.com, glennarice.com. Um, and also, we've got some information, a very, very special announcement that we'll share with you in a little bit. Um, Glenna, thank you for today's show. I mean, you know, this is, um, you know, looking at three things that great parents do differently. Um, there's a little bit confusion, and I, I think it's really the, a conversation. Um, because what I talked about before was, you know, empowering kids, right? And I think mm-hmm. there's confusion about, wait a minute, uh, empowering kids. Okay, okay, so I don't really get that. So do I empower them or do I discipline them? Yeah, it's a great question. Again, <laughs> um, you know, discipline's a real different thing than what I'm talking about. Discipline could be definitely something that empowers your children. Or having, you know, knowing what they can and can't do that, you know, the things that they can, kids can choose things that don't work for them and aren't going to work for their future and aren't going to work for their life. But if you, by empowering them, you actually have an awareness of what would work for them, what they could choose to empower their life. And you're there to, you know, to create a future for them. And you're there to facilitate those possibilities. And discipline can definitely be something that falls into that category of facilitating greatness in your children. Um, it's where, where we become rigid with it that becomes a problem, or where we have too many rules and too many regulations and too much control. Because when you have controls on anybody or anything in your life, you can't have the ability to follow the energy that works because the control stops it. You need to be out of control mm. to follow the energy. And discipline can often have a really controlling way about it. But, I, you know, my daughter, um, Roshin, just had recently had a whole... Instagram based I don't know what they were chatting on one of their those IM things she's got her new iPhone she's 12 years old and and her friends are they're always chatting and 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 there was a conversation that was starting to happen with another girl that just wasn't something that they should have been talking about on um, messaging like that and I had to be really strict with her and I'm very rarely strict with her because she's pretty good and there's very few things that I have to um take control of or stop or stop and I said if she didn't stop doing this right now she was losing her phone because she wasn't mature enough at this point to be able to have a phone um, and do the kind of messaging she was doing she was arguing with a girl over um, this the messaging app she was on and it you know those are you know everything that she's saying is available for everyone to see they were starting yes. to talk about cyberbullying, and those things are really serious in this reality right now. And I had to take her phone and have a chat with her about what she was actually creating and what that could look like and what it could create in the future. And is this actually something that's going to work for you, Roshi? So by, by becoming really serious about it and saying, I'm going to take away your phone, which is like discipline, she, that stopped her enough for her to listen to me it became serious for her because that's something she really likes in her life is her phone and then I was able to have the conversation with her about what this you know and I asked her what's this going to create what's this conversation creating having her so I'm empowering her so she knows what it's creating I'm not telling her I'm letting her have an awareness about what she knows really different than me just say you, you can't do this I'm taking your phone away you're in trouble does that make sense it does. And it is a different conversation. And, you know, we've gone through these periods now. This is really points to the topic of the show, you know, which is what do great parents do differently? And somewhere along the way, you know, we decided that 
uh, parenting is really a lot of work, <clears throat> too much work, too much work. And it's easier to take mm -hmm. a, a child and just throw them in front of TV sometimes. And yeah, we're all busy and we all work. But even if we have to, you know, do those kinds of things, there, there's this level of guilt and shame we feel that we're not there enough for them. So therefore, we don't have the right you know, to direct, guide, and discipline. And this is really the conversation. So how do we use questions to help a parent get to that place where they can start to show up differently so that the children could show up differently? Because that's what you just described. You showed yeah, up differently, a, right? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that of the three things that I had, you know, it's not the only three things great parents do differently, but it's, yeah, there are three right. things that really help. One of them is to, you know, you to ask what your children require from you, or if they require anything from you, is one of the things that's really, um, oh, it's such a great help when parents start to do this. I have some of the telecalls in parenting, this is one of the, um, home, the homework I give parents is yeah. to ask all day long, do my children require anything of me now? And what you find out, now this is also using this light and heavy tool, which I've talked on on lots of shows, when it's true for you, it's light. So do they require anything would be a yes if it would feel light. I mean, yes, they do require something of me. And what most parents from infants on find that most of the time they think their kids require something of them, and they actually don't. So if you're having guilt and shame because you're putting your kid in front of the TV, well, guilt and shame are just distractors from what you're actually aware of always. We call them distractor implants and access. Those two things will keep you from awareness every single time when you go into guilt or shame. You can't actually see what's going on. So if you ask, do my children require anything of me right now, if you think they've been in front of the TV too long, and you get a yes, then change something. And if you get a no, well, maybe actually the, the kid has just had a full day at school and they're decompressing in front of the TV or maybe they're really enjoying it. I mean, I've been really liberal with TV with my kids their whole life, and they're amazing children with great grades, doing very well. I mean, from every standpoint in this reality, I've got great kids. And they watch lots of TV, and they still do. Um, now they just watch movies on on the computer, and, <laughs> and every parent is different. And sometimes that TV set is what a parent requires to get the things in their life done, too. And it works for both you and your children. So if it's working for you, I mean, that's another question to ask. Is it working for me to have my kid in front of the TV right now, yes or no? And if it's a no, change something. Come up with a different activity. But asking if you're, what your children require of you can give you so much information about who they are and who you are and what your lives are actually like, the kind of relationship you're actually creating. And it's so often that they don't. When, when our children actually require something from us, they let us know. They come out and they find us. They call yeah. us. Yeah. Know, and that's a really good clue that they require something. Cause, and it's usually like five seconds of your time. Yeah. Mostly they just want to know that your energy is always available to them. Right. 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 Yeah. And, you know, and what you're talking about is really fascinating because now the dance begins, you know, because here we are and we are in the flow of this. And, you know, I love what you just said about most of the time they just want to know if our energy is available. And most of the time, and this is me now with my most of the time analogy, most of the time as a parent, you want to fix them. Right. Mm -hmm. They just want to know if your energy is available and, 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 and you, you think they want you to sit, stop and make a t two dozen chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you don't. 
my my youngest makes chocolate chip cookies now on her own all the time. I had, <laughs> and that was it's funny you use that because it's I she was started baking and I was like, do you want help? And then I go, no, she doesn't want help. She had right. YouTube videos that showed her stuff. She wanted to try it out. She bakes amazing stuff all the time. If I'd been in the mix of it, she wouldn't have actually acquired the skills she has, which are actually better than mine in the, in the kitchen now with baking. So by me not giving her too much too much of me, by me not thinking I have to be involved with her, she actually empowered herself to create what yeah. she wanted. Yeah. But I was always yeah. there. My energy was there. She had a question, but I didn't get involved because she was creating what she wanted. And the thing is, when you're when you're aware of these things, everything gets easier and things get greater and things get smoother. Like if I was forcing baking cookies on, on her because I thought that was required as a parent and I wasn't being a question about it, it wouldn't have been as fun for her. She may have stopped it. I may have been, you know, I'm kind of a control freak. I probably would have taken over everything. That's the way I'd be. And she was able to create, she does amazing stuff with baking. I'll just say that. Yeah, and, and you know, it's really kind of stuff, interesting yeah. when you get these subtle tidbits like, you know, uh, you know, wouldn't you know, I got this. What you know, maybe you can go do something else. Yeah, because honestly, you're right about it. I mean, this now gets back to the conversation of empowered. You know, empowered sometimes, and 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 this is really you know what I hear quite often is empowered children, right? There's this thing that happens when a child has a realization and a parent has a realization that, that they're both on a path to empowerment. And for some parents, it leaves a hole in their life, a void. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, wow, you can do the cookies by yourself. And, you know, and I'm just going to fill in the blanks. Oh, now what am I going to do? That's Right. So another one of the three things you're just that you just led right into the other one that the great parents do different is they never give up their life for their children. Wow. Wow. And which, they yeah. Which, and I have to take a break. They, come back and talk about that because right there, okay. that is so that has so many layers to it. Right. So mm -hmm. many layers to it. Everything from do I go out and have a ladies' night and leave the kids home? And by the way, Glenna, here's a question. Is that one more difficult for single parents, both men and women, or does it not matter? We're going to take a short break. Before we do, I want to make sure you can find out more about Glenna. Go ahead and go to our website, glennarice.com. When we come back, we're going to take on that question, but also I want to make sure you know about an exciting, exciting event happening in Seattle in December and January. Gary Douglas coming to town as well. Stay tuned when we come back. We're going to be talking about that. You know, what is that place, that space, that void about and how does it affect both parent and child? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm hurting, baby. I'm broken down. I need you loving, loving. I need it now. When I'm without you, I'm something weird. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. 
Artie Hoffman is the hottest psychic with the warmest heart and the host of the hit show Angels and Answers. A renowned psychic, medium, spiritual life coach, and an entertaining motivational speaker, Artie has helped over 15,000 people with his amazing intuitive gifts, his passion, and his humor. Call 877-ANGEL-02 to schedule a personal reading or to have your own psychic Artie party. That's 877-ANGEL-02. And visit ArtieHoffman.com and Angels and Answers on Facebook. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Ness. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic disease it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lime Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong. For the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease, we are not going to let you down. We're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio. The message will continue. The conversations will become stronger and the healing epic. Want the freedom to spend more time with your loved ones? Travel the world? Live spontaneously? Get ready because the Chip Justice Show is here. Hosts Dr. Pat Basili and Chip Justice can help you build meaningful success while embracing life. Living a life you love is the end game in this new, inspirational, and empowering show. Positive changes for a life you'll love. Tune in every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit PositiveChangeInstitute.co for more information. Hi, I'm Tim Darter. And I'm Steve Kramer. Join us on Spirit Fire Radio. Discover how to add the mechanics of meditation to your day. And watch yourself connect in a whole new way. Find the amazing moments in life's routines that often pass us by. Add to your awareness with Spirit Fire Radio. Tune in each Wednesday at 9 a.m. for your weekly guide to practical mindfulness. And to learn more, visit www.spiritfireradio.com. Wow, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to, and you know, for more information about us, go to the drpatshow.com, go to transformationtalkradio.com. And if you want to take a sneak peek at what's going to be happening here in January, go ahead and go to transformationradio.fm um, and just take a sneak peek, poke around at, um, you know, what's being created there. Thanks to all of you, really. Thanks to your feedback. Thanks to the feedback from our hosts and our co hosts. Um, and we are literally, 
really attempting to incorporate just about every bit of feedback that folks have given us. And so it's taken us a bit longer than we thought, but we're very excited about it. Uh, for more information about Glenna, you can go to glennarice.com. Uh, Glenna, before we jump back into the conversation, um, you have a couple of events. I would love for you to let people know, first of all, we touched upon you know, the telecall. How can folks be part of that? And then please let folks know about some of the other things happening, including Seattle. Mm-hmm. So the telecall, you can find that on glennarice.com and join there. You can join monthly. And so, you know, you're automatically signed up every single month or you can do class, um, different shows individually. And people are doing both. And that's on my website. And then I'm this weekend, I'm really excited about it. I'm doing the Energetic Synthesis of Structural Embodiment, which is a bodywork class targeting the connective tissue using access tools. And um, that's in Denver, the uh, 3rd and 4th, with an intranite. So if you're in the Denver area on October 2nd, I'm doing an intranite that's um, open to every single person. And the nice. class is actually has some prerequisites. A bars class is one of them, or permission of the instructor, which is me. Um, and I have a San Diego three-day body class coming up in November. And then what's really exciting is, yeah, we're coming to Seattle. Access is coming to Seattle in a huge way. We have Gary Douglas, the founder of Access, is doing a two and three, Access level two and three class in Seattle. It's the first time he's been to the city. People are signing up like crazy. It's uh, the, the people that have done access classes are so excited and grateful in the Seattle area, and it just got posted last week. And the energy around it is, you know, I'm I'm so happy. Seattle is my favorite city in the world, and bringing Gary there is one of you know just a dream. So he's coming January 16th through the 19th, and you can find that on the AccessConsciousness.com web, website and sign up there. Find more information about Gary and the two and three, and then. It requires access bars foundation level one as a prerequisite for that class. So I'm teaching that up in Seattle with Dr. Andrew Gardella, who works with me and travels with me quite a bit. And we are teaching that the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th in the Seattle area. We don't have a venue yet. We're just looking at We just posted this class. So these are the where you get all the basic tools I've been talking about, you know, during the show and other shows that I've done. So this is where you get bars, which is a body work, which is the first time people often receive in their life, and you learn this amazing technique, and then Foundation Level 1 starts to show you different tools, you know, a lot of them we've talked about, and a whole bunch more, and there's other body processes, and, you know, it was the class that really changed everything in my universe. Like, I remember before I took this, I couldn't talk in public at all. I couldn't even, like, someone had asked me to call in a radio show years ago, and I said, you're crazy. I wouldn't even call in a radio show. I'd never talk in the radio. Wait, you don't even know me. I was just all up in his face. And he just wanted me to call up and ask a question. And about uh, six months later, after doing Bars Foundation Level 1 and using the tools, he asked if I'd like to be a guest on his show. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. I mean, completely different. The things that are in our way that we think are just part of our lives that always drive us crazy go away with these tools. You start to change to be who you've always wanted to be and access who you are. And I could go on and on about the, the, the foundational classes. The information is amazing. Amazing. And you get so much in five days. Um, so I'm, I'm coming up to Seattle to teach that. I don't get to teach it very often because I'm so busy teaching other classes and I'm yeah. really excited. 
Yeah. What do people have to do to register? Because I want to make sure that we, you know, get to get folks to the right place to register. And uh, and by the way, for those of you out there, we're actually going to be featuring um, this event on the Dr. Pat Show website. So you'll be able to see a picture and click on it and go right to registration. Um, the other thing we're doing is we're going to be putting information that you'll be able to hear between now and the time of the event so that you have enough information about that. Um, also, um, um, is there a phone number or some a, a number that people can call, uh, Glenna, if they have specific questions and, you know, they want to find out more, but they're just not finding it on the website? Yeah, they can. Um, my phone number is 415-235-2807. I'm the awesome. contact. And the best website to go directly to registration is drglennarice.accessconsciousness.com. DrGlennaRice.accessconsciousness.com, and Glenna has two N's in it. Beautiful. G-L-E-N-N-A-R-I-C-E. It's not up on my website because I've just got it posted and I haven't gone there, but you can access the website, the access site through GlennaRice.com also. Yeah, I love it. We're going to get, we give you the news as it's happening, folks. So that's what we love about yeah. this. Uh, thank you, Glenna. And we'll make sure folks have lots and lots and lots of information um, as we move forward on things. You know, this conversation today, what are three things? Well, it's more than three things great parents do differently. You know, and we were talking about a couple of things before the break. And, you know, as I said to you, there is this little conundrum for a lot of folks between, you know, empowerment and discipline. Um, but but also, you know, there's this idea around us having to be perfect parents to mm-hmm. perfection. Yeah. Just pure perfection. Um, but you ask a couple of really interesting questions around that. And I remember the first time you asked that the, the question, and I thought, uh-oh, that hurts. Just her asking that hurts. And so, you know, the question is, what does it mean to be willing to be a bad parent? Oopsie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things great parents do differently is they're willing to be seen as a bad parent. Not that you have to be a bad parent, but someone's always going to judge you. Your mother-in-law is going to judge you. The other parents at school are going to judge you. The teachers will judge you. Someone's always going to judge that you're not parenting the way they should or the way they think that you should or they would parent. So willing to be a bad parent is willingness to receive their judgments is just interesting. Just, oh, that's just their judgment. It has nothing to do with me and how I parent. If you're creating parenting so it works for you and for it to work for you, actually you can't be worried and concerned about what other parents and other people are thinking about what you're doing. So willing to be a bad parent opens up tons of possibilities in how you can parent. And if you're trying to be a good parent, you can never see anything that would actually work for you because you're trying to fit into some box that has nothing to do with the kids you're raising because every child is different. And every child gets parented differently. So you can't see what works for everyone if you're trying to avoid people's judgments or your own judgments about what a good parent or bad parent is. So that's one of the things, you know, willing to be a bad parent. And the other was that we just spoke about briefly is that they never give up their lives for their children. Yeah, so they always that, that's the one before the break where I thought, uh-oh, what, what do you, yeah. I, what? I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how to begin to think about that. I'm stumped right here with that one. <laughs> well, you know, they, they, 
they have a sense of self. But parents that are willing that don't give up their lives for their children, it's not like you neglect your children, but you you have your life, you're living your reality, and you're raising children. It's not some mutually exclusive thing. You have you have a sense of self, and what that empowers the children, what that gifts your children is they can have a sense of self too, which is a really different way to be in this world. To know who you are, what you be, what you what you would choose that would create more for you, what you would choose that wouldn't work for you. Having that awareness allows you to create a phenomenal life. And parents that don't give up their lives for their children let children know that they don't ever have to give their life up for anyone else. Mm. And there's a lot of stuff people talk about out there about, you know, you know, you, I would give my life for my children. But what child actually wants that? I mean, I don't want my mother to give up her life for me. I want my mother's life to be fabulous, fabulous also. You know, I want her there for me when I require it, but not to give up her life. And this is where you get that, um, you know, the empty nest syndrome and all those things. Yeah. If parents gave up their life for their children and the children aren't going to be there, they feel like something's missing. Well, if you never give up your life, there's nothing missing when your children start to be who they are and do things without you. You know, there's there's a way. It, it, it just creates more for everybody. And I'm always asking parents to... You know, what else can you add to your life? What if you had a phenomenal life and were a parent? What if those things can both exist at the same time? Doesn't have to be one or not one or the other. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, part of this is uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm uh, I'm prone to making a few mistakes here and there. You know, that's uh, that's kind of been with me most of my life. Um, and, you know, but as a parent, you know, it's so hard to wrap our minds around the idea that we actually make a mistake. And the reason that I'm asking you about this, because, you know, parents sometimes believe the stakes are so high that making a mistake as a parent is absolutely devastating. Uh, but, you know, we're human beings, aren't we? Uh, and the question, I guess, is, you know, what do we do about the idea of making mistakes? You know, what is it that we need as parents to A, acknowledge and B, uh, do? And, you know, what are some of the questions that help us as parents move beyond, quote, the big mistake? I mean, do we make big mistakes? Um, yeah you know that would be a total judgment yeah that would be you know making a mistake and calling something a mistake is creating a reality around something that showed up into a mistake you're creating it that way well one of the great tools that I use is what's so right about this I'm not getting and you know sometimes you can do things that don't work so well sure oops that was a choice uh, that didn't work out so well We, we, we make choices but everything's a choice like, if you make a choice that doesn't work, make another choice. Mistakes lock things in place, and they can't, And then you can dwell on them forever. And there's things, yeah, that probably have shown up with you and your kids' lives. It's like, ooh, that didn't work out so well. What else did I, you know, and it's like, what else could I do different here? What does my child require? What do I require here? Um, and what's so right about this I'm not getting will give you clarity about what was actually showing up. Sometimes it's things that look like mistakes possibly aren't. And if you're not holding on to anything with this staunch point of view that it's a mistake, your kids won't either. You know, I mean, parents are blamed for kind of everything that goes wrong in a child's life, especially a mother. Yeah. 
And if you go to yep. a psychologist, everything that happened, you know, that was bad in their life somehow went back to the mother. This is also where you're willing to be a bad parent because there's things that you did that if it doesn't work for your kid when they're a teenager, they're going to blame you for them. Uh-oh. And you have to, like, yeah. <laughs> you have to just look, wow, is that actually true for me? Is what she's talking about actually true or he's talking about? Is that actually like what they're saying? Because they can make you wrong for something today and tomorrow you're your be- they're your best friend. So willing to be really flexible, follow the energy. It's like to live, what we say, live in 10 seconds. Like every choice is just 10 seconds and things are always changing. How would you like those changes to be in your life? What would you choose to create the life that would work for you every 10 seconds? Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit more. And actually, I think it'd be great to just skip the break because I mentioned this earlier. And this is really uh, from let's talk about it from a parental point of view. Okay, the idea of having a decision made 10 seconds ago and revisiting it 10 seconds later. um, I don't know that we have learned that. And, you know, what I'm trying to say is, you know, there's this thing that happens, of course, when you become a parent. But as we look at this, how willing are we to let go of the decision I made 10 seconds ago, Glenna? Right. Well, if it's a decision, you can't. That's where decisions get kind of crazy. If it's a decision, you've decided it, and it's going to be sticking you even if it stops working. When it's a choice to do something a certain way, um, I'm trying to keep think of a good example, but... Okay, it's a choice for the kids to go to school, right? Or it's a decision that kids have to go to school. But if it's yeah. a choice for them to go to school, then you're always choosing every, every day that you're choosing that. And you can keep choosing the same thing over and over for 12 years with each kid. But there's sometimes days that going to school doesn't work for anybody in the house. You know, the kids might be sick or it may just be that this is a, you know, there's, it's a bad day. I mean, I... I remember one day I couldn't get the kids up to go to school and I was fighting them and fighting them. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? I can't, I was just aware of something really strange. And we stayed home. And that was the day one of the school shootings happened in another city. Wow. Now, what was I aware of this morning? That morning, I was aware of the energy of no one should go to school today. I, if without, with, by not having a decision that they have to go to school in place, I could perceive that awareness now, it wasn't at my school, but I was really, when I heard on the news later in the day, I was like, wow, I would actually be aware if something was happening in my kid's school, and because I can follow the energy and I don't have decisions, it's a choice, they probably wouldn't go to school that day. That's a huge gift for me, to have that awareness. So that's where a decision sticks you. So it's always choosing all the time. You're continually choosing the things that work and don't, and if you don't make a decision, you have more flexibility to follow energy to be aware of what actually is going on yeah and you know i'm I re- what i'm really struck by and and i guess this is you know kind of more recent with me and since we're talking about chocolate chip cookies is you know i, I mean there are choices that we make all the time i mean imagine that it's your job to put food on the table three times a day and if it's not on the table it's to make sure you know children have food and there are choices we make and i want to ask you about this because it really does tie in 
to, you know, things that are happening in parenting in the world today. And it has to do around food. Um, I don't know how it is where you live, Glenna, but I know that there is a new level of awareness around food that's being served in schools, food that's ending up on the table for our children. And these are choices that we make. But yet times, you know, we hear parents talk about them as if they're not. And I think food, nutrition is a huge conversation around around parents. And I have heard more parents feel so bad that the, and they've actually said this, Glenna, I am such a bad parent. I've served pasta now three days in a row. Yeah. Um, it is, food is huge. We could probably do a, um, a host series. Yeah. There's a bunch of food and eating and kids. And yeah. I have a really different point of view. I mean, the, the, a lot of, like, just the three meals a day isn't a question. It's a conclusion. You know, what are we going to have for dinner isn't a question. Are you guys hungry? Do you want to have dinner tonight actually is. Are your bodies hungry? Yeah. And I did three meals a day. And then when I started being more of a question, when I started doing the access, I started looking at it different. Like, are my kids actually hungry? Am I just doing food because I think I'm supposed to? Does it have anything to do with their body? And my children eat very weird. And they're very healthy. Very weird to the outside world. Very weird. Yeah, I would be definitely seen as a bad parent because none of my children will eat breakfast. And I spent years trying to make breakfast because I I enjoy breakfast. Now, this is where I am willing to have, you know, have my life and not give it up to the children. So if I make breakfast, it's just for me because they don't like breakfast. And I remember making pancakes for years and no one would eat them. (laughs) My kids will eat after like about two o'clock. So my, my kids go to school without having a breakfast, which is really going against what every nutritionist is saying right now. Yeah. But they're okay with it. I mean, one of my my youngest daughters said, you don't make the other kids eat breakfast because they were teenagers at this point and just wouldn't. Why are you making me? And I went, wow, I'm just making you breakfast because that's what we're told to do as parents. It has nothing to do with you and and your body. So I stopped. I said, if you want breakfast, let me know. And then, you know, sometimes she'll grab a little snack bar or something, but she doesn't have breakfast. So it's really to be a question with everything and give up the things that aren't working and your life gets easier and your kids' lives get easier. Um, and we actually eat from what they, what, what their bodies would enjoy, what's going to create more for their bodies, what their bodies are requiring, and what my body is too. And so our dinner times are, not, are very strange. They, I, I cook a couple things, and there's food that they can all eat, and everyone comes in and grabs what they want and goes and does their thing. Or sometimes we sit down and have a nice dinner together. And mm-hmm. it's just is based on the day and the energy and what feels like to us. Wow. I want to know from you what it's like to have the tables turned. Because what we're not talking about is you as a parent, Glenna, with all these tools that have somehow had to rub off on your children. I'm very curious to know what it's like for you to be on the other side of the question. Oh, to be a parent that has kids with a question? <laughs> yes, that, that are throwing the questions back at you. And they do. They've had, when I've yeah. had a funky moment, we've done the question we've talked about who does it belong to, which means a lot of the stuff going on in your life that you're bothered by doesn't actually belong to you. And who does it belong to opens up a possibility to see that it's not yours. It's like a magical question to see, give you more awareness about things. Um, and I'll have a funky day and my daughter will go, well, who does that belong to, Mom? Um, and and it, so it stops you, doesn't it? It stops you, right? You know, to think oh, about it does. 
Yeah. They're some of the greatest facilitators I know, all three of them. Yes. Yeah. And what a gift I have three um, beings in my house that I really like. I like all three of them that actually have questions available to ask me also. So and I've each got other. Three. And each other now. Because now yes. this is really, yes. you know, this is really the energy of this. You know, it is kind of now you've passed on tools for them. Mm-hmm. That are it's not just about and this is really the conversation you know getting back to the conversation of the show today, you know what do great parents do? I mean part of this is to provide that knowledge transfer the tools for them to take out into the world, use within your own home, use with each mm-hmm. other as siblings, but now take back out into the world uh, that they live in their friends their schools, their teachers, how well do they apply them in those environments at this time? Now, I know they're growing, but but how well would you say that they do at applying them? Oh, they're phenomenal. They're, actually, my, you know, my youngest daughter was just on a radio show, um, a different one called, it's called Teens Done Different. Teens oh, Done yeah. Differently? Yeah. And it aired Monday, so she was a guest with me on a radio show about using access tools as a teenager and she talked about how she uses them in school and she actually blew the older girl away about how she uses them and me I was even surprised <clears throat> so you know what else is possible with something she uses what can I change here how can I you know what can I change with the teacher to make my grade better what's required um, uh, you know what does the teacher require me require of me for this homework and then she gets awareness of what actually is required and you know she was a straight-a student last year using the tools of access she's also been able to negotiate crazy stuff with teenage girls and make it work for her that i would have given anything to have had those tools when i was 13 or 12 <laughs> in middle school i mean it's it's incredible and they all have this they have this sense of self i was talking about they don't doubt themselves they know what works for them and they're they don't come to the conclusions and decisions most kids do. Um, they're really flexible with what they, how they look at everything. Mm-hmm. And when something doesn't work, they give it up easily and create something different. They, they're just an inspiration all the time for me. Yeah. And now, now these classes that you teach, are they open for kids, children? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the coolest thing, which is probably one of the reasons Access was so... Um, wonderful for me is the kids under 15 come free to all classes from 15 to 18 16 to 18 they're half price and they need to pay some of that so it's valuable to them doesn't matter if it's a dollar or what um now 15 and under they need to have a parent that's paying with them or at least someone that's watching them with them but you you can bring your kids to all classes i have lots and lots and many many kids i've had more kids in a class than parents a few times um (laughs) <laughs> which the kids are a contribution. They don't have as much stuff yeah. from this reality stuck yeah. in their world. So yeah. sometimes asking them questions, they look at the adults like, you guys don't know that? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they, I love it. Glenna, thank you so much for today. We're going to make sure everybody knows about some of these upcoming events uh, and what's happening. I would love to make sure that everybody has Glenna's website, glennarice.com or drglennarice.accessconsciousness.com, and we'll make sure you have that. One last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? And thank you. Ooh, personal message. Um, you know, what would it take to be a great parent? What would you like to choose? If you could choose something different, what would that be? 
I love that. Glenna Rice, everybody, looking forward to you coming to town. Uh, again, go to glennarice.com. You can also go to the Dr. Pat show in a couple of days, and you'll see a banner up there that'll take you right to the events uh, and much more. Thank you so much for all you do, Glenna. Thank you, Sarah, for pushing all the right buttons. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next time. Thank you.